Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto, me dio dos luceros que cuando los abro perfecto distingo lo negro del blanco y en el alto cielo su fondo estrellado en las multitudes el hombre que yo amo gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado el oído que en todo su ancho graba noche y día Grillos y canarios, martillos, turbinas, ladridos, chubasco y la voz tan tierna de mi bien amado. Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto, me ha dado el sonido. Y el abecedario con en las palabras que pienso y declaro. You're tuned in to CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. This is Free City Radio. We began with a piece by OD uh, with the song Faith, uh, artist space between the West Coast and Toronto. And then we heard a few community announcements and now a very famous piece by Violetta Parra, Gracias a la Vida. Today on the program, we're very lucky to be joined by artist and activist Frida Gutman, uh, who's here in studio. Uh, Frida Gutman has been working in Montreal um, in activism and arts for many, many years um, and has had exhibitions here in Montreal, but also at galleries throughout the world. Uh, we're not going to be able to speak about all of Frida's uh, projects, but we're going to try to get to as much as we can. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Frida. Oh, it's my pleasure, Stefan. Thank you. Um, so I, I actually, um, in preparing for this interview, I looked through your website, FridaGutman.com, which has come up recently, and it's looking amazing. Uh, there's so many different initiatives and projects from throughout the years. Um, but I remember at least first um, speaking with you, one of the exhibitions that came up in our conversations and some of the stories that you shared about your your curation and also your own work was the work around your exhibition, uh, Guatemala Road of War. And um, it links to some work that you have been doing recently about, about Guatemala. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about the first exhibition and and how it ties to what you've been working on recently, these amazing prints. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, it, it kind of begins with something sort of fundamental about me that I, <clears throat> well, I'm I'm an activist, I'm a leftist, I'm, uh, I want to know what's, and it's really important to me to know what's going on in the world, and I, and I did, I felt that from the time I was very young, and I was living through, 
you know, the the Second World War and and uh, fascism and Hitler in Germany and what was happening to Jews and so on. Um, so, uh, in the 80s, um, there was um, a genocide, in fact, going on in, uh, against Mayan uh, Indians. There was a, a coup orchestrated by um, the U.S. in 1954, and because um, <clears throat> uh, uh, American interests were involved, and it set up the, uh, you know one dictatorship after another when worse than the other and in the 80s it was particularly bad with a genocide going around going on against mostly Mayan indigenous people in in Guatemala um, so I though my work had always been you know more or less political I, I decided that I wanted to make a, like a, a, um, a work that that told people what was happening in Guatemala because the People didn't know. People weren't really hearing about it, and I and I felt it was a, such a um, an ongoing, you know, horrible thing. And there was, you know, Canada's implicated in various ways. So um, I made this multimedia installation, and I was po also part of a group, a support group for Guatemala, and, uh, and there were members in, who were Guatemalans who had recently come as refugees and so and I wanted to also break down the barriers of the of a, of a gallery I ha had the work in a gallery but I wanted it to become somehow porous and so we had a whole bunch of auxiliary uh, activities that were that were part of it um, like um, Rigoberto Manchu the, uh, who's wow. uh, famous warrior against the injustice system, in fact, the Nobel Prize winner, came and spoke, and we had a, a very well-known lawyer from Guatemala. We had concerts um, to raise funds with, you know, just a, a whole bunch of things that happened through the weeks that the show was up that just would involve people, you know, so it would be more than, more than a, a show in a gallery, but a, really a, a, a series of events that extended out out of the gallery, and then I did another one about uh, uh, some years later, a multimedia exhibition in the same vein, about food production and <clears throat> how how it, the global f uh, system of food production at that time it was in the eighties. Uh, it's different now, but or and just as bad, or maybe worse. But anyway, um, so it's it's it was about you know the third world that we called it then and people who produce our food and what cost to them and how it takes land away from them and, and you know for our benefit in the first world and again again I did um, worked with you know we, we had outside activities and I worked with food banks and um, organizations interested in, in you know in, in fighting food scarcity or, you know, or poverty and so on so it was and then you mentioned today, yeah, so recently I, I, I got back into doing um, uh, lino printing. I, I began sort of my career as an artist doing, doing different kinds of, of printmaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, and I, they are about that time in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. uh, once more, um, yeah. So. so this exhibition... Um, 
was a way to tell a story in a sense. Um, many stories, different stories. Um, how was it um, for you as an artist to try to um, both tell, you know, a larger story, uh, a story of really intense injustice, but also the curation process as an artist and sort of balancing between your voice as an artist, but also telling this larger story and pointing to the movement that was taking place then um, against against injustice uh, in Guatemala. How did you balance those two things as an artist? I, I don't know. I mean, I've always um, kind of adjusted how I, like the manner in which I do my work to the... <clears throat> the situation at hand. So I didn't feel that kind of uh, division, really, mm-hmm. um, or that I had to compromise my, you know, my own vision or anything like that. I just, I, I um, maybe you would th- say, like, if you looked at my work through the years, so that I don't have one particular style, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked in many mediums and about many things, so... Um, what are some of your, um, what are some of the most meaningful moments for you from from working on that project? Uh, you m- you mentioned, of course, the visit of uh, uh, Roberta Manchu, but yeah. also I, I'm sure there was others. I think it was just a sense of being part of of something, um, you know, and and doing doing whatever. I could be done that could be done to you know further the project to you know en- enlist people who are who are and appeal to pe- other people who are always uh, eager to do it you know like um and you know uh, um and uh I'm trying to think of people's names but I can't getting old mm-hmm. but anyway um uh the just the sense of comradeship and mm-hmm. that we've you know done something together and you know and that um, like you know um, just just having people respond positively or or being happy to, to know more about what was happening and so on mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering um if if you could uh share any reflections on this idea of the the continuity of struggle using the arts, of course, as a medium through which to express, you know, uh, solidarity or to express a call for justice. I mean, we're talking about your exhibition, Guatemala, the road to war that took place in the 1980s. Um, your work also continues, uh, in terms of highlighting this history, but I guess I'm bringing it up because a lot of the time today, it seems that, um, that sort of continuity or that history of looking at, you know, struggles over many years is sort of removed, especially in social media. It's very in the moment. Um, but, you know, people like yourself and so many others carry this this memory and this also practice forward. Um, I, was, I was wondering if you could talk about that importance of like looking at the moment as as connected to a history of struggle. Yeah, I think I'm, you know, there's no, there's no struggle throughout, you know, like, especially in contemporary times the, mm-hmm. that hasn't involved uh, art practices and hasn't been, mm-hmm. 
you know, that are really part of it. And like image making is, is, is very powerful, often more powerful than words. And uh, mm-hmm. it has um, it has a function. I mean, it's funny if you just look at any period. I've been looking at the period of the Russian Revolution, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of graphics that were done and mm-hmm. um, that were you know like very important for moving people and inspiring people. And like the, it's 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 a nonverbal. It's another, just another way of of um, of you know reaching people and and it's kind of instant um the best work is just instant you get it right away and you know we're looking at uh <clears throat> at uh, anti anti uh fascist work done in in the early you know er, in the early years of of nazi germany that like brilliant stuff brilliant stuff and you look at it and you just go wow yes I, yeah you do you, you know you don't there's no like thought process just hits you immediately so um thanks for for sharing those reflections i i remember some conversations with you um on your um kitchen table it was at your apartment close to jean moss park um about um the work that you'd done around walter benjamin and specifically some of your memories or reflections about the Jewish diaspora and and the realities of your family, and also as a child remembering what was happening in Europe um, in terms of the Holocaust. I was wondering how that has informed um, your practice, uh, and maybe if if you could share a bit of um, info about the exhibition you did on on Walter Benjamin. Yeah, it was uh, was sort of like a, actually more like five different uh, installations, and I showed them. I only showed them once, I think, uh, all together. But I don't know his his work. Um, you know, most a lot of it I I can't understand because I don't have a background in in all the things he wrote about, particularly a certain kind of philosophical way of thinking about, but. Um, he just he was well he was a a victim of 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 hitler of fascism um and uh, he had an he he had an extraordinary mind i don't think like anyone anyone else has ever had and he dealt with he dealt with little things like not mm. not the grand things and like i i i think of one of the things that one of his ideas was that um, you know, we have to drop this notion that we have of, of perpetual progress. Even even Marx thought that way that there would be a, a, a progress to the uh, proletariat revolution. But um, and maybe today it's we're less likely to think of progress given mm-hmm. how things have been going. But um, you know, he said uh, it, there is no such thing. It's just a one pileup of. Um, you know, disaster after another, and uh, um, that we, um, you know, we like he he just had some you know brilliant that things that he said about about the world and that I could really relate to. There is yeah the angel of history who's it's it's famous and it's almost become cliched now, but. Um, his his work is really important to me, and I, 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 I do. I've always had that kind of sense of 
of that I'm in history, that history is past histories have formed me, that present histories form me. And um you know, as I said, it was just a it was always important to me to I didn't when I was a kid I didn't have the internet but I had encyclopedias <laughs> and, <laughs> and books to go to but um uh I I think while well during the the Holocaust I don't know if I knew what happened like while the war was going on but mm-hmm. I was 13 I think when it ended and after that you know I began to read and I think it left me uh, like I just could not believe that people. How could they do? How could this happen? How could people do this? And but I guess I've learned since that people have, do do this and have been going on do this, doing this. And I guess that's one of the things I try to fight against. I remember you sharing some memory about hearing what was happening in Europe and the Holocaust hearing about it on the radio as an early teen. Yeah, but I think it probably was after the war. And um, I'm not sure, maybe you might be thinking of a time when I heard that Allende was, on the radio that Allende was, uh, um, was his his regime was taken down by the U.S. Maybe was that? I'm not sure. Yeah. I remember once so. you told a story about um, being with your family and your father and hearing what oh, was going oh, yeah. on on the radio. Yes, that's right. My father saying the dog, the dirty dog. Um, yeah. Um, so um, communications and and art as a tool of communication has always been really important to you and also you know your your use of communication to share information even today you're very active on social media um and your exhibitions have always been a way to communicate um you've mentioned all these important moments in history and and hearing about them and being involved in them of course you mentioned the coup in Chile in 1973, and and we've talked about Guatemala. I'm I'm wondering um, if if um, you could share a bit about the ways that continuing a tactile artistic practice for you is still important. Like um, we we uh, were together in an event recently uh, in support of Lucy Granados. Uh, who's a non-status woman deported from Canada, and you had some amazing prints there. I guess I'm bringing this up because with the, with social media and, 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 you know, the focus on sort of our screens, there's less of a, a focus on, you know, tactile gestures of solidarity. Um, you're doing both um, still very actively. I'm just wondering if you have any reflections on on, on the importance of physical in the moment artistic uh expression yeah i i i uh, i think of myself as an artist activist but you know no division really like and um you know when i after i did the big installations i did in the 80s and 90s i just decided i was out of the art world and i would that all my work would just be uh made for the purpose of 
you know, of informing people or moving people or in, in important causes. And, uh, well, again, I think, I think, uh, it's, it seems to me it's always like people relate more, I think, to music, just in general. Like when people come to my house, I know right away who's, who is interested in visual stuff because they look at the walls, but, <laughs> and they see all the stuff I have up. But um, I think it, people will respond more to, to music. So um, I sort of consider that a challenge, and I like to um, think that my work maybe will, you know, reach people. But I, 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 think, I think it's certainly there's less impact Packed on people of the the visual image than there is of the of you know of of music and sound and getting people through people through their ears you know which which has you know which is an emotional experience too and but I don't see it as much um, I think it's not as um, prevalent in 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 the visual arts but. You know, still, I I think it's 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 so important posters and all the things that we do, you know, in in the visual arts to to make to sensitize people, to make people, um, you know, to to let people know what's mm-hmm. what's happening, what's an important cause to support, what's going on in the world. Um, yeah, and I think like, I mean, it's one reason why I got out of having work in galleries, like how many people go to galleries, or if you compare it to how many people go to a concert, you know, or listen, or constantly listening, listening to music, and, you know, it's, uh, it's different. I, I, the one word that came to my mind listening to your reflections and also knowing you, you know, since basically I was a teenager, um, is education. I know that you worked as, as, a, as a teacher, but I can say just Personally, I've learned so much working with you and, and, and seeing your work and learning about your work and hearing about past exhibitions and, and getting a chance to, to, to see some of your prints. Um, I'm wondering, um, it's, it's just amazing how you've done more of the institutional education, but I feel also at, like at a community level, a lot of us have really been educated by, by, by your presence and your work. Um, that decision to pass down information and to share information and reflections about what you've experienced and the projects that you've done, why has that been important for you to actively share and to, to be open um, about all, all the different experiences you've had? Well, you know, I, 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 um, I, I, I couldn't um, sort of countenance the idea that I'd be doing work that you know, wouldn't be seen by people um, when that was the point for me that I wanted to to do work about about important issues and um, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't just like self-expression. I had a a, a real aim in mind. Um, you know, I have to admit that too that my <laughs> doing artwork sort of sort of keeps me. <laughs> Uh, from being too depressed about the world, you know, it's it, it's 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 work, it's real, that I can do that 
that make me feel that I, in some way, I'm contributing something. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. <clears throat> my work, uh, like, has to be not not didactic. I don't think that's that's always necessary. But you know, uh, <clears throat> about about real things, and um, I mean, for me, that's the point of it. That's why I, I, you know, though. I'm active in in other ways, in in organizations and demonstrations and everything. But I also see my art as part of activism, really. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Frida. Okay, it's my pleasure. Um, Thanks. Thank you. You can find Frida's work online, uh, FridaGutman.com, and. Um, this has been a very special edition of Free City Radio here on CKUT 90.3 FM. Uh, we'll go out with a piece by Violetta Parra again. And I would just encourage people to keep it locked on CKUT. The XX Files is coming up next. Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me dio dos luceros que cuando los abro perfecto distingo lo negro del blanco y en el alto cielo su fondo estrellado en las multitudes el hombre que yo amo gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado el oído que en todo su ancho graba noche y día grillos y canarios martillos, turbinas, ladridos chubascos y la voz tan tierna de mi bien amado gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado el sonido y el abecedario con él las palabras que pienso y declaro padre amigo hermano y luz alumbrando la ruta del alma del que estoy amando Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto, me ha dado la marcha de mis pies cansados, con ellos anduve ciudades y Y así desierto, montaña y llano Y la casa tuya, tu calle y tu patio